all of us have a call to serve God and His church. Every single one of us, none of us is exempt. But some of us will have a different expression of what service looks like. I want to tell you today, the bowling ball scenario is exactly that. Sometimes I get out of bed in the morning and all I've got the strength to do is to push that ball down that little roller. But you get up and do it every day. It isn't, it, isn't, it isn't always out of bed, hello, hallelujah, Jesus. Sometimes you have to determine in your heart to serve the Lord. Oh, yeah, it's true. 1 Corinthians 4, let me just read this to you. And then I feel like I've done my passage, and then I'm going to share some very quick thoughts with you. This, then, is how you ought to regard us as servants, talking about apostles, as servants of Christ, those who are entrusted with the mysteries of God he has revealed, the mysteries, the gospel. Um, now, it is required that those of you who have been given trust must prove faithful. Let that drop a minute. Those of you who have been given trust must prove faithful. You have to be faithful in the trust you've been given. I care, listen to this, I care very little if I am judged by you or by a human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. There's a word. <laughs> I do not even judge myself. Wow. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. <laughs> it is the Lord who judges me. Get that right into your spirit. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring light and what has been hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of what? Of your heart. A lot of people are working for God with the wrong heart motive. It will put nothing in your bank. He will judge the heart at that time, each of us will receive the praise from God. Oh, that's not good, is it? Just a moment, I'm receiving a call. Right. Each of us will receive the praise from God. Um, now, brothers and sisters, ha, I've applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us what is the meaning of what we are seeing? Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower. Ha. For what makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you received it, why do you boast about it as though you did not? Already, huh, you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have begun to reign. I'm going to leave it there. For what it seems to me to be, for what it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. 
Do you want to go higher with God? Get the back, get the back of the queue. That's what he's saying. The Apostle Paul's going, I'm here to serve. And there's, there's a grace needed on an apostolic mindset that's not needed if you're looking to promote or build empire. It's a greater grace upon your life to build the church of God rather than build your own empire. And the reason God has begun to open doors for me in places that I should never be is because the grace He's placed on my life to build His kingdom and to see His kingdom come first. At a cost. It's not come cheap. It's coming at a cost. Ha. Huh. Wow. What's the one thing we need more of within any church? Some people are going money. It's not money. It's not money. We use, we use the word volunteer a lot, don't we? Do you want to volunteer? I kind of find the word volunteer in the Bible. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works. Have, have you got that? The reason we are God's handiwork and created was to do good works, His works. You're created to do His works. There's no, you see, it, the, the Bible says that a body without a spirit is dead. And it says, Faith without works is dead. It's absolutely dead. There's no life in it. You can't have faith and not have good works. That's what the Bible's saying. You are called. Ha. 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 Remember, we're, we're called to do greater works than Jesus did. And we all go, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let me walk on water. Let me do more miracles than he did. But actually, what about the miracles of caring for the poor? What about, what about the miracles of preaching the gospel and being faithful in that? We, we, we think of the miracles that Jesus did and we want to do greater, but we look at the glory headlines. What about serving the widows and the orphans? What about doing greater miracles than that than he did? What about serving more than he served? What about washing your enemy's feet? What about doing more than that? What about washing everybody's enemy's feet? That's doing greater works than Jesus did. It's not all about walking on water. Although I do want to walk on water. Let's never say we're volunteers in church. Because there's a huge difference between a volunteer and someone who's serving God. I'll get, if I can, I'll get a bit more into this. Matthew 5.16 says this. In the same way, let your, this is a good word, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father. Actually, you're not supposed to keep your good deeds and your service hidden. You're supposed to let others see it. But with a heart attitude that it will glorify the Father. That's the difference. It's not about glorifying you. It's about glorifying Him. It's not about building your kingdom, but about building His kingdom. If you think you're a volunteer, <laughs> then you get the kind of attitude that like, I should be tread better. 
they're not listening to me. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I want to, I want to mention to you something about serving God as a servant because it's this, this is important. Paul and, and, and Peter, they mentioned themselves not just as servants, and this is the key, but as bond servants. Now, in biblical times, if, if someone was in prison um, and, and someone paid their debt to get out of prison, they had to work for them as servants to pay off the debt. Right? Then when the debt was paid off, they went free. That's the way they did it in that days. But if a servant was so grateful to the master for how he'd looked after them and how he'd set them free and how he cared for his family, he could become a bond servant. So what would happen was they would take a nail and they would stick it through his ear as a mark, as a sign that actually he's determined to serve his master even though he doesn't owe him anything. But he owes him everything. <laughs> and there's a lot of people serving God in churches that are servants and not bond servants. They're serving God from a place of, well, I have to serve God because that's what you do. You have to serve God because it is what you do, but from a place of understanding that you want to serve your master because he's got you out of jail. You're free. And we should have the mark of the bond servant right here in our ears. And it's a, it's a big difference between those two things. Huh. And even if you take that extreme and you just look at our Savior Jesus who became our servant who didn't put a nail in his ear but put nails in his hands and his feet who died on a cross that you might be free and when we connect with our Savior Jesus who became a servant of all we willingly become servants not because we think we owe him something, but because we are in relationship with him for what he did for us. Huh. Do you know the Bible says that your life is not your own? Oh, Alan, you're dodgy here. Some Christians don't like this, but it's in there. Your life is not your own. It says that you've been bought with a price. Huh. Volunteering is something you do. Being a bond servant is something you are. It's from a heart of abundance and love. And we're supposed to produce fruit. I want to tell you, you cannot work too hard for the kingdom of God. But I also want to say to you, as I did at the beginning, that the motives of your heart will be determined what you gain as a reward. It won't be by how much you do, how many weeks you're away, how many important meetings you're in. 
It's what your heart's like when you're in those places. Because God's going to judge the heart, not what you do. What, us, what we do should flow out of the heart. Do you know fruit grows on a limb? Sometimes we, take, we need to take a risk. It grows right out on a limb. The best fruit always grows right out on a limb. That's the fruit I can never get. You're saved for good works. Not saved by good works, but you're saved for good works. Are you serving God with your finance? Oh, I give my time. And my gifts, I'm always giving my gifts. I want to tell you, if you're not serving God with your finances, you've got a heart issue. And you need to get somebody to pray for you. And you need to get set free. The amount of people who come to me with financial difficulty, and the first question I'll ask them is, are you tithing? I guarantee you, nine out of ten say no. I'll go. There's a law at work here. <laughs> God wants to bless you, but he can only bless you with the way that he's set up to bless you. You need to honor God with your finances. Are we serving God with our finances? Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We can all say amen to that. We are all called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and in love. You've been won, your freedom's been won to serve each other humbly and in love. Do you know, God might send you as an answer to somebody else's prayer. And if you're reluctant and you're not willing to be served, you might just miss the answer to somebody's prayer. We can't afford to do that, church. I want to put a couple of, just as I finish, I want to put a couple of markers in here because I've seen so many Christians burn out <laughs> working from a place of work rather than rest and, and working out of wrong motives. You will burn out. You will. So I want to put a couple of markers in. I want to tell you firstly that whenever and whatever we're doing for God and each of us have got something we should be doing for God, there's nobody exempt. You're saved for good works that he's already ordained for you to do. So if you're not doing them, nobody else can do them because he's ordained for you to do them. So if you're not stepping into your good works, you're missing the calling of God on your life. Good works, practical things, good works. What are your good works? But you have to step into those places from the overflow. Listen, this is important, church. Don't give out of anything that's not of the overflow of your heart. You have to give out of the overflow of your heart. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. What's in your cup is yours. What overflows is somebody else's by the very definition of something overflowing. It spills out. And the amount of Christians I've seen trying to give out of their cup. You're not supposed to give out of your cup. You're supposed to give out of the overflow. Do you know I've got a, most of us have got phones. My phone will work on 15%. It will work fine. 
it will do all the things I need it to do, even on 15%. But what will happen, it'll run out a lot quicker than it should if it was on 100%. I'm saying to you, we, you, have a responsibility to you to make sure that your cup is full as you're serving God. Do you know, if we had, uh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to get doomy gloomy on you, but if we had six, six and a half thousand people this last year uh, killed by bears, we'd, we'd have something done about bears, wouldn't we? Six and a half thousand people took their own life in this country last year. Six and a half thousand people took their own lives in this country this last year. <laughs> wow. Wow. Here's a statement. Just see if you can get this. I think I got it, but it's a bit of a weird statement. You can belong, but you don't have to fit in. <laughs> so many times we want to fit in. We want to do the work of somebody else. And you don't feel you belong because you're not doing what Alan's doing or you're not doing what so-and-so's doing or, or you kind of prophesy like Mark or, or I kind of fix a bulb like Mike. Uh, so you, you, you can belong, you don't have to fit in. But you have something unique that God is wanting to release through you. But it's not, it's not the same as somebody else's because you're not the same as somebody else. Even if he's called you to be an evangelist, you'll be a different evangelist to Paul. I hope. Oh, that doesn't mean that, Paul. I was just showing. Paul's a good evangelist. We love him. I want to say this to you as well, and just kind of giving you some guidelines to look after yourself. Don't hide your wounds. If you, if you haven't got any scars, you've never been in a battle. It's all right to have wounds. And it's all right to have scars. But don't hide them. Not just for your healing, but your scar could be healing for somebody else. And we need to learn how we share scars together. How we share disappointments as well as victories. We're very good at sharing victories. We're not so good at sharing disappointments. But don't hide your scars. Look after yourself. Well, do you know there's a, there's a passion that's needed to serve God and sometimes it's a grit and determination but ultimately it's a passion in your heart to serve Him. It's a passion in your heart to serve Him. For me, it was five days on the road last week driving all over the country. It's not as glamorous as you think. It's not. Ask Dave, he'll tell you. It's not as glamorous as you think. There's a passion that's needed. If you, if you can imagine somebody who, imagine there's been no rain, no rain at all for a while, and you've got a guy in a mansion whose lawn is getting a bit dry. But for the guy down the road, who's a farmer and planted all his fields out, and his very life is determined on the rain, who do you think is going to be praying for the rain the most? There's a, there's a determination we have to set in our hearts where we, where we have to begin to go, God, I want to serve you with all I've got, with everything. 
Not the mentality of, oh yeah, if it doesn't rain, my lawn's going to get a bit dry. But actually within the core of who I am, my very being is set to determine to focus on and to serve you and your kingdom, even at a cost to me. Because it costs Jesus everything. <laughs> even at a cost to me. But it's a heart issue. It's a heart determination. It is not something that God's going to drop on your lap and you'll end up a disgruntled volunteer if you look at it that way. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Wow. Wow. Comfortable people don't change history. It's uncomfortable people who change history. It's frustrated people who change history. And can I tell you how many times I've been frustrated about church? About church, God's church that I'm serving. There's a holy frustration needs to come upon us, church. <laughs> oh, there is a holy frustration needs to come upon us. We need to get more eager. We need to get on our faces before God. And we need not to settle for what we've got. Because what we've got's not enough. There's more. As Paul said last week, there's always more. But we settle for what we've got. We grow comfortable. Even in our level of service to Him, we grow comfortable. If we want more of God, we need to give more to God. It's the message of life. You know when Jesus in John chapter 2 turned water into wine, it's a great story, isn't it? We read it and we get excited about it. But I was reading again this week and it just reminded me, probably only the people closest to the source of the wine knew the wine was going to run out. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Most of the guests were probably oblivious, where they were probably intoxicated and oblivious to the fact that the wine was going to run out. It was only the people who was closest to the wine. And, and as, we, as we move into who God is and what He wants us to do, we have to be aware sometimes that God's grace is not on a thing. The wine has run out. That stuff's gone. It's history. It's past. He's not doing that again. He's doing something new. It's a new wine he wants to bring. He didn't bring the old wine back. He brought new wine. I tell you why. Because it says it was better than the old wine. The old wine was good. But the new wine was better. We, we, we need to make sure we're not too settled, church. <laughs> we're not too settled. We haven't grown too comfortable. We're not drinking the dregs of the old wine when there's new wine to be had. And can I tell you something else about that? The miracle came, <laughs> they accelerated Jesus to do something he didn't want to do. It's not my time. He said it wasn't my time and then here he suddenly turned him water into wine. What, what's going on? You see, there's a pull on God we can have that will change Oh, let's be careful. <laughs> There's a pull on God you can have that will bring what you need in the future to the present. But it's not coming with complacency. 
It's coming when you get on your face before Him. When your heart's sold out to Him. When there's nothing left for you, but it's all about Him. It's coming at that place where we can pull God's future into our present. We can change the mind of Jesus. Woman, it's not me time. You know what she said? You know how her, his mind got changed? You know what she said? Servants, do whatever he tells you. There's something in her heart that was able to pull her future into the present. And I'm telling you now, God has promised us some stuff, and He's promising acceleration in these days. But He's not promising it for people who are sitting on their hands. He's promising, He's looking for people who are working for His kingdom. And I can, I, can, I can bear testimony after testimony after testimony in the working, in the getting up early, in the driving the 500 miles, God opens a door that should never be opened. Now, if you hit that from a work mentality, you're going to get in trouble. But if it's from a heart mentality, if it's from in here, God's going to open doors for you and pull your future into your present just like he did here. And can I tell you something else as well about that story? It was the servants who turned the water into wine. <laughs> it was the servants. It was the normal, bored people who are going, I'll go and get the water. And the servants, listen, the servants got to deliver the new wine. Not Jesus. Hello? Are we, are, is, is the penny dropping? Are we getting some of this? Without the servants acting upon Jesus' word, we don't get water into wine. We don't get the miracle without the servants. Hello? The world is going to be changed through you. Through you. Come on. Uh, the miracle happened in the hands of the servant. The first wine was good, but the second wine was even better. Huh. I'm going to finish, but this, this is a good verse. I've got more, but I'm just going to finish because I, I think it's. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching at you, and, and I just need to be careful about that. Let me just finish with this verse. I'm saying we should all work. We should work hard for his kingdom with right heart motives. Just let me recap. We should look after ourselves. And we should live and work out of the overflow. If you hear nothing else, hear that today. All right? But listen, there's a call on us. There's a call on us for more from us. It will mean more of us. being willing to kill more of our flesh to move into a new realm of spirit life. That we're not, we're, not living, we're not living from Sunday to Sunday. We're living from second to second. Minute to minute. In the kingdom. But it's going to require something of us in service to Him. 
all of us. Psalm 91 verse 1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, it doesn't say whoever visits. It says whoever dwells. That's a word I want to leave with you today. Our call is to dwell in His presence. Our call is to dwell in His presence. It's not, it's not a call to visit His presence. It's a call to dwell in it. To remain in His presence. Oh. There's much more I could get into this. The, the, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, most of us remember that, and most of us remember that it was carted around, wasn't it? Wasn't it on a cart? People carted around. It was never the intention of Scripture that that presence of God was carted around. It was the, it was the intention, read your Scripture, it was the intention of Scripture that the presence of God was carried on the shoulders of the priests. It was carried on the shoulders of the priests. Us. The presence of God was supposed to be. And remember, it went into battle. Wherever it went, it was blessing. But it went into battle one time. And the people who were carrying it, they lost the battle. Remember the story? And they lost the battle for why? Because the guys that were carrying it had been sleeping with temple prostitutes. Hello? There's a call. There's a cost. <laughs> there's a call and there's a cost if we want to serve God with all we've got. And from that moment on, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the presence of God, got transferred from the shoulders of the people to a cart. Never intended to be carried in a cart. It was meant to be carried on the shoulders of His people. We have a great opportunity to serve a great God who has a great church, whose universal church is growing. Of the increase of the government of His peace, there will be no end. There is a growing church right across this world, lovers of Jesus. And, and we're part of a church that has the victory. We're not, we're not going to lose. We're going to win, church. We're going to win. The, 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 the end of this is we win. It's, we don't lose, we win. And I believe too, and I know there's different theories about this, but my, my theological stance on this is that the increase of His glory is coming. Not that the church is going to get more beat up, it's going to get more beautiful. It's going to get more powerful. It's going to see more miracles, signs and wonders. It's going to become more attractive. It's going to become a beautiful bride. A beautiful bride. And the, church, and the church will rise like out of the ashes and people will be attracted and they'll be attracted to Jesus Christ through His church. Yeah. You are part of one holy apostolic and Catholic church right across this world today. People are meeting, praising Jesus. People are giving their lives to Jesus and people are seeing miracle after miracle on their bodies and on their minds and on their lives. It's happening now. And God's saying to us today, do you want to serve? Do you want to serve as part of that? Do you want to serve? Oh, I'm not ready yet, God. Oh, you are. I don't know anybody who's not ready. You are ready. The only thing that might determine your readiness is are you filled to overflowing? <laughs> 
That's the only thing that might determine your readiness. Are you filled to overflowing? So I'm finished. Put your hand on your head and pray that God will fill you to overflowing today. Put your hand on your head. Pray for yourself again. 